Hello, 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 and welcome back to Sexonomic, the podcast where we speak about all things in the sexual economy. I am joined by a very special guest today, guys. She is known as the queen of squirting. I'm Michelle Farmery, and I get really nervous when I'm talking on a microphone, but hi, everybody. Hi. Relax, you'll be absolutely fine. So let's jump straight in. That title is quite a big one, the queen of squirting. Tell me more about the business you have, Squirtopia. Okay, Squirtopia we founded in 2018 when I orgasmed for the first time ever. Yes. Okay, so just for reference, if I can ask how old are you? Right now, I'm 32. So in 2018, I was 27. Okay, that gives a bit of hope out to the girlies who, you know, it's a bit late for. Yes, so I had at least a dozen partners. I had been have been having sex since I was 16. Classic sweet 16. Had a boyfriend who was awesome. We were lying down at a park because I'd snuck out of my house because my parents didn't let me do anything past you know 11 p.m. And we're sitting in the baseball field and I'm laying on his lap and there's literally a shooting star. And it was about to be my 16th birthday. And so I made some kind of wish. And anyway, <laughs> a few weeks later, I literally looked at him and said, are you ever gonna fuck me or what? And so then we proceeded to have sex on top of my washing machine in the basement of my parents' house. And it was like, okay. I don't know if I was his first. I don't think I ever even asked him that. Yeah, so after that... This is first sexual experience. First sexual virgin, Michelle, asks her boyfriend to just finally fuck her because they've been dating for like nine months or whatever it was. And yeah, so from that point on, he broke up with me. That was my first big heartbreak. He was going off to college. He was one year older than me. And by going off to college, it was a community college in San Diego. So I'm not sure why he felt the need to break up with me because he was going to college, but whatever he did. And then, yeah, I was really heartbroken and I had fucking SAT tests the next day and I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep. And I was throwing up the eggs that my best friend's parents had made me at her house because I didn't even want to sleep in my own house. And so, yeah. Your first sexual experience was a bit placid, but like a lot of people's first experiences are placid. And I'm so happy you said that because when people have those first sexual experiences, especially if you have a boyfriend, there's an expectation for it to be like in the movies, for like a string quartet to come out and, you know, it's romantic but it's not like that realistically like guy i think it's one of those over and done things but you would be surprised by some guys who are nervous to have sex for the first time and they don't want to bring it up because it's sometimes like a they care about the girl and they don't want to ruin it or b they could be gay (laughs) c they just might not be there yet in terms of like wanting to have sex or they might just not even register it because of their boy brain you know there could be so many things and I have always loved boys. I've loved boys since I was in preschool. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the first experience. And then obviously you have a few partners after that. So that brings you to Thomas, who is your husband right now, isn't he? And your business partner. Yes, both things. I don't have a ring because my wedding band was stolen in San Diego right before we went on this huge trip and then my engagement ring was too small because after you have a baby 
your hands usually swell and no rings ever fit. But we were in Italy on the Puente Vecchio and I'm Italian, so I asked the ladies on the Puente Vecchio, I said, where can I get my ring resized? And they said, go down here and they'll do it for you. So they did. And now it doesn't fit again because it's winter and now the ring is too big. So now the ring thing has been very interesting because in America, rings are the symbol of marriage. Anywhere and they if are, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are they are everywhere? Well, not everywhere, I but don't like even know. anywhere with a Christian leaning or Catholic leaning, like dogma. That makes sense. Yeah. Right, because I was raised Catholic. Yeah, so obviously you meet Tom and this is in America because you guys have moved over to the Netherlands now. How did you meet him? How did this first orgasm happen? <laughs> and tell me the story of it. Because this is okay. important to how you came up with the business, right? It is. Yeah. So Thomas and I actually first met in 2010 at Scout Camp in Philmont, New Mexico. And I thought he was really cute. And he thought I was really cute. But we never said that out loud to each other because we're good, good kids. Catholic kids. Good Catholic. Well, he was not raised Catholic. Okay. He actually grew up with no religion. I would say he probably more so leaned atheist and like scientific than spiritual until, well, that's his story. But so yes, 2010, we meet, we have a great time at Scout Camp. It's one week long. I'm doing my thing. He's doing his thing. And then he leaves because he goes, he goes home and we have another week. Me and my friend Susie were at this camp in Philmont, New Mexico, and Susie was one of my best friends from growing up, also raised Catholic, also Italian. So I'm like, Susie, I do not feel well. And she just put me in my sleeping bag, which we call the mummy bag because it's made of, you know, puffy jacket material. And she put a cold washcloth on my forehead and she took my picture because she thought it was funny because I literally didn't know what to do. I thought I was ill. I thought I was depressed. I didn't know. All I knew is that I didn't want to be at camp anymore because Thomas was gone. <laughs> but Thomas and I never shared a kiss. Like the only sexual innuendo that we joke about is that when we went for, so there's one point in the camp where you go into the wilderness for 24 hours with just what's on your backpack. It's very typical. The boys sleep in the boys' tent. The girls sleep in the girls' tent. And I woke up the next morning and I was too lazy to stuff my fucking sleeping bag in the stuff sack because it's just annoying to do. So I was like, Thomas, can you stuff my stuff in my sleeping bag? You knew what you were so doing. I knew what I was doing. So he stuffed my sleeping bag in my stuff sack and he made it real tight and tiny, which makes it really easy to throw in your backpack. And that was the only flirty comment that happened the whole time. Did he know what you were doing at the time? No, but we love to joke about the stuffing of the stuff sack. He, when we talk about it looking back, he's like, you were the fucking hottest girl. I got off the bus and I saw you from across the way and I hope that you were in my group and then you in fact were. And I was like, and I saw you getting off the bus with your swoopy Justin Bieber blonde hair. And I thought, he's cute. I wonder if he'll be in my group. And now you have a baby. And now we have a baby. That's like such a wholesome story apart from stuffing the stuffing the sack um right but then you got older you rekindled mm -hmm. we stayed friends on facebook okay mm -hmm. like people do right 
So we would just message each other randomly over the years. I would be posting my spiritual shit. I'd be posting my blog stuff about eating disorders and body positivity. And he'd just be commenting over from Georgia and I'd be commenting on his stuff like, oh, I love this cute photo. Whatever, just little touch points. I dated other people, he dated other people. Ooh, I went to college, he went to college. And then in 2018, he slid into the DMs and said, I'm going to be in San Diego for work. Is there anything I should see? Me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Which he knew, also, he knew what he was doing. Because if he had been like, I'm coming to San Diego, can I see you? I would have been like, oh, no thanks. Because he knows I'm very cat-like. Mm. So I was like, you're really going to come to San Diego and pretend like you're not, like, going to get, a, you're going to get away with not seeing me? He's like, well, then don't let me get away with it. Oh, he's okay, mind-fucking so. you. <laughs> he's pernicious. Uh, yeah, and I love it. So, yeah, he got his boss to send him to the San Diego conference instead of the Boston conference, even though Boston is much closer to Georgia. But his boss was like, fuck it, like, fine, we'll send you to San Diego. And then he told them that it was because of a girl. I mean, uh, duh. And in scouting, you can be moved because there's so many scout. I don't even know the word anymore. What do they call them? Troops, organizations, councils. There's so many councils all across America that the if you're working at the Atlanta Boy Scout Council, they will move you to the San Diego chapter if it's for family. It's just like a wholesome thing that they do. <clears throat> and my dad is really dedicated to scouting. And so he knows a lot of people at the San Diego chapter. And Thomas knew a lot of people at the Atlanta chapter. And all it took was a few phone calls and a few months and some hiring paperwork and an interview. And Thomas is fucking great at his job. Sales, nonprofit work. He went to college to be a um, park ranger. All of these things that he has learned has also gotten him to where he is with his music and his producing and his knowledge of sales and nonprofit, all of it. So yeah, so he easily got the new job in San Diego and we just hit it off like a, two kittens. But I was on a year of celibacy because I had just gotten out of a really gnarly relationship with an alcoholic. When you say gnarly, I know you're American. <laughs> yes, did I say gnarly relationship? Gnarly. <laughs> gnarly gnarly bro yeah. yeah i don't mean gnarly in a good way okay. i mean gnarly in a bad way you were not riding that wave no not at all so you got out of this relationship and you had this year of celibacy how long did it take for that we won't go too much into it if you don't want to but how no, long did fine. it take for you to have that first time where you know you squirted <laughs> right back at the squirting so never had squirted before, never had orgasm before, enjoyed sex, had fun with it, my dozen partners, my four or five boyfriends. But I just was like, okay, I feel like I'm literally missing something, be it the clitoris, be it the man, be it the toy. I was definitely missing a few different things. And so yes, my year of celibacy, I made it to like 11 months. 
And that's when Thomas came to visit for work in 2018. And he fucked and it I up. I was like, no, I actually did it. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm, a, I'm having a year of celibacy, so, like, we can hang out. Like, yeah, sure, we can go birding on the scooters around Balboa Park, and, like, this is fun. We can get dessert, and you're really cute, but, like, I'm not kissing you because I'm dedicated to this own journey that I've committed to myself, and you're not fucking it up. And he's like, fine. And then on his last night in San Diego, we did some gummies, weed gummies. Took ate some weed gummies because, duh. And I got horny. But I was like, fuck, I want to stay committed to this. And he was like, fuck, you want to stay committed to this? And so then he's leaving, and I'm not going to see him again for how knows how long because he has to get on the flight back to Georgia the next morning. I'm, like, dying inside. I'm like, okay, can I at least have a forehead kiss? And he's like, yeah. And he, like, runs back over and gives me a forehead kiss. And then I'm like, okay, bye. So no hanky-panky. After that, when does it happen? (laughs) So then he came back to visit again. And we had sex. And it was shitty. Because, like, the first time with anybody, for me, is, like, kind of shitty. You're trying to figure out each other's bodies. You're trying to figure out what the other person likes I don't like being on top that much because my fat rolls and I have like a lot of trauma from that we call it a pushka pushka yeah cuter (laughs) um and so yeah we were trying to figure it out it was like not working I was still in my year of celibacy so I was probably in my head too much and then I was like, you need to just go, like, go bird or something after we had sex. Because I was like, I, I need a second. So he, like, went birding on the scooter around Balboa Park. And he fell, ate shit, ripped his jeans, came back. I think we fucked a few more times. It was great. I had not yet squirted, had not yet orgasmed, just was enjoying sex like I usually do. And I was like, okay, this is fun. Then he went back home again. And I'm just, like, sad for another month writing really depressing poetry crying in the bathtub just like not a vibe and so I planned to go see him on New Year's Eve in Atlanta Georgia and we said I love you and we fucked that night all night and I squirted a fuck ton and I orgasmed a fuck ton and I made a fuck ton of noises that I'd never made before in my entire life and we made a huge mess Do you think it's the intimacy of knowing two people love each other that made you do that? Or what can you register that was different that made that end result? I do think, I will always think it's because of love. Of love. I love that you love love. You're a love bug. Two little love bugs squirting together. (laughs) 100%. Well, no, it's interesting to know because the audience squirting the audience might not necessarily know actually what it is no nobody really knows what it is well it's a response to obviously pleasure pleasure but a lot of people don't know that it consists of urine a lot mostly um yeah definitely if you could describe to the audience what is squirting in its most basic form and how would you get closer to it See, I'm not a sexpert, so I always struggle to say this because I have no idea. Like, the most that I've learned is through the blogs and through the internet and through the videos, like Lola Jeans, the, what does she call herself? 
She is the or she's the Guinness queen. book. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's the Guinness Guinness Book World Record holder of most volume squirted. So I always direct people to her for her content because I'm just a girl who squirted a fucking bunch and was like, we need a solution for this. Well, I always think it's like when you are hitting the G spot more than anything. So if you're looking to finger someone, uh, not that I have, but from what I know from my own experience, the person is putting their fingers inside of the vagina, reaching up and going to the spongy spot. I'm like, that's what's triggered my releases. What about you? Yes. So mine is the clitoris. Oh, okay. Yeah, it takes a lot of clitoral stimulation for me to squirt. And I don't actually need any penetration whatsoever. But do you squirt like, because I'm more of a just a leaker, you know? Yeah, no, I squirt. Oh, yeah. I, I don't squirt. No. I'm just more I of mean, like a leaker, but obviously you can tell that, you know, um, something has happened on the mattress. Yeah. Yeah, and not everybody squirts a bunch, and some people leak a little, and some people bleed. Like, one of my other friends still bleeds when she has sex, because she has a smaller vagina. I think as well it's important to notice is that it's not something that's integral to having really great sex. Just because, like, your boyfriend and you, or your girlfriend and your girlfriend and your boyfriend and your boyfriend, you're not squirting. It doesn't mean you're not having great sex. Some people... 100%. Some some people feel the pressure to kind of perform and do those kinds of things in sex, especially based off porn, you know. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about porn because I've never watched porn. I've seen on like one hand how I'm just not a big fan. Thomas grew up watching porn. I was interviewing these girls who were 16 for a series that I'm doing and I was kind of asking them, well, how's the dating culture for a teenager in London? And they said, well, you know, boys expect you to want to have sex and have sex like a porn star when you're like 16 or 17. Which is fucked up. And like squirt, because if you watch squirting in a porn video, it's probably not real. No, absolutely not. But I do know marketing and I do know video producing and I do know how you can make things look a certain way. It's the movies. Because it's a performance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, you've never watched porn? A handful of times. Okay. And it's just not, not your speed? No. No. But I love to support the sex workers. <laughs> well, it's better to ha- subscribe to OnlyFans, I would say, than to watch free porn on the internet if you want to su- subscribe to those kinds of sex workers. Because obviously in a porn model you get a flat fee from it so the girl probably gets like maybe let's just say for example they get like two thousand pounds for doing a video which actually isn't a lot considering how many times that videos is gonna be played over time like in an OnlyFans model you subscribe every month and like you subscribe to open the content so they obviously get royalty based fees off that I literally know nothing about OnlyFans and how it works. Well, it's similar to like movies, um, just normal Hollywood movies. That's what they're arguing for at the moment. So especially with streamers, Mm. each time a Marvel film plays, for example, Scarlett Johansson could do with getting like 0.1% of the stream and the income from that. Uh, But uh, yeah, that's what they kind of went on strike over a little bit. 
um when the industry was going on strike but anyway back onto squirting the popularity of it is kind of pressurized as well to squirt but some people do some people don't and it's completely fine it's also like a very fetishized fetishized thing isn't it is that what you found as well so men primarily will dm us at squirtopia and ask us you know how do you squirt that's when i send them to lola and then they say are you and thomas on only fans and that's when i make the jokes like nope i'm just only for thomas um so yes i have experienced the fact that it is fetishized fetishized and uh it's really annoying when people slide into the dms and ask really annoying questions unless there's somebody you love like thomas who i appreciated the slide into the dms the world around squirting and liquids and sex it's a very big sexual appetite for that in the kink community one thing i learned of in the dominatrixing episode that i did is that there's this term called sploshing no you need to know about this if you're going to do a squirt mat oh is splashing the one about food yes okay yeah one person has told me about that okay yeah so there obviously is this fascination with sex getting a bit messy um but i don't know yeah splashing i don't know if i could do splashing i i don't i tell me more about it well splashing for the audience is where you essentially have food or liquids and you basically get a bit messy with the food and you kind of rub it and throw it at each other um I'm probably not describing it. I mean, that sounds like a food fight. I'm down for a food fight, always. But naked and more sexy. Sure. But only with Thomas. I know a girl who, she has a very unique thing. She does on OnlyFans. So she'll get the customers to buy her cakes. So one one week it's vanilla frosting. The next week it's like a double thick chocolate cake. And she'll record herself sitting on the cake naked. So obviously they like her sitting on the cake. And that is Makes a form sense. of splashing, she says. So, you know. Well, fuck yeah. I should send her a square pet. <laughs> we should. We should. <laughs> so after all this is said and done, you've met Thomas. How do you get the idea to start Squirtopia and these squirt mats? Yeah, so make a mess in the bed, make a mess all over, everywhere, all the time, in the car, when we drove cross country from Georgia to California, it was a very long road trip, but we had to bring all of Thomas's stuff, and there was one interesting time that he fingered me while we were driving. You were driving. driving. He was driving. I was in the passenger seat. What a talented I had my bike boy. shorts on. <laughs> I had my little cotton bike shorts on. And yeah, my whole shorts were entirely soaked. So we had to pull over and I had to take my shorts off, put on a new pair. And yeah, so he is a talented boy. And we had to figure out how the f- to make it less messy. 
And I Googled and I Googled and I Googled and we went down the Reddit rabbit holes and some people linked like the medical incontinence pads that are sold on Amazon for cheap and that's where we started and they were too small and the fabric was weird and they were white, which I didn't love. But yeah, so that was the first solution and then Thomas and I have always wanted to start our own business. It first started with the idea of hammocks and then it was going to be cat harnesses. But once we got over our own fear of talking about sex publicly online, we just said fuck it and we made the squirt pad. Okay. So it's born out of a need for something, which is the best place for a product to be born out of. Because if you're going through that problem, some other people will be going through that problem. Yes. And a lot of people questioned us, like, how do you even know a lot of people squirt? Like, why would you think that anybody needs this? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's just for fun. Like, if we sell fucking 300 in one year, like, then that's all we'll do. And then we'll close the business. We're just trying a few things. We're just throwing a few darts and seeing one hit, which one hits the bullseye. Which is why after I was in the psychiatric hospital, Thomas and I were like, should we just close up shop? Because if this is causing our family stress, it's not worth it. And so we've been sitting here in the woods, in the snow, trying to decide, is this stress worth it and is it still don't know (laughs) but i think what you said was important you're just throwing stuff at the wall and you're seeing what hits and what you enjoy and that's the best place for a business to be born out of just passion and you want to kind of do something that matters yes yes doing something that matters always the bottom line of every business idea i've ever had i've had many Well, I love that you're taking the guilt out of being messy in your product that you created because there's often like shame around being a bit more messy or a bit more Uh uh squirty, squirty. (laughs) Uh Messy in general is shamed. I've been messy my whole life. But you're saying be more messy. And I'm saying stay messy. Stay messy. Not unhygienic, stay messy. Yeah. Yeah. So you start the business and what kind of do you expect when you first start selling the product? Are you like, okay, maybe we'll sell one or two? Yes, had zero expectations. We had three people buy on the first day. We had like 30 people on our wait list. I had run marketing for a few other businesses. Somebody who teaches Gujarati, a language in India. Somebody who has an app for plants. Uh, Somebody else who was a spiritual life coach. And I spent 10 years working on their brands and their businesses, learning the ins and outs of web development, video marketing. And then I said, it's time for me to do this on my own. And the trajectory you expected were was what happened on the first day, kind of one or two or three products being sold. But from then, when you started the business to now... Yeah, so we actually launched October 2021. Oh. It took a long time. It took lots of fabric testing. Do you have fun testing yourself? Yes. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. And our cat would snuggle up on them. And 
our friends and family would feel them and touch them. And we'd go to like my friend's little brother's graduation party and we'd talk to all of our friends and their cousins and their parents about the product. And we just started with our own home-based community and talking about it with them and talking about it with Thomas's parents and my parents and just getting out of the heebie-jeebies of talking about sex with your own family is how we got the courage. A really then organic way. We yeah. found ourselves in the Netherlands. Well, the Netherlands, as we both know, is a place where, you know, people can say sex with a straight face. They don't go, sex. Yes, yes. I love how straightforward Dutch people are because my whole life I have been surrounded by very sweet, even-tempered female examples. Yeah. Because my dad would literally sit down with the principal at our elementary school every year and say, which teacher do you think would be best for Michelle? And they'd have a little conversation because little Michelle, with her sensitive nature and her ability to cry at the drop of a hat, meant that I needed to be bubbled. But in fact, looking back, I think it would have been a lot better if I had had the aggressive, harsher women teachers. It depends what we mean by aggressive because as well like Dutch people, they're not aggressive in their nature. They're just yeah, very Yeah, I guess I mean assertive. Assertive and very sure of what they're saying. Um in the UK, I mean, I presume you've been to England before. We're very bumbly. We're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, you know. Um, Dutch people, what surprised me the most when I lived where was how matter of fact and certain they are. Like if you said to a Dutch person, um, oh, what do you think of my outfit today? Do you like it? If they don't like it, they'll say, mm, I don't like it. You know, right. but in England, we right. would say, oh, well, yeah, it's, it's lovely. In the Netherlands, if you if your friend had you over for dinner, and cooked you a meal and well no in the netherlands if your friend came over to your house and ate a dinner that you cooked for them and the dinner was awful it was disgusting they wouldn't lie and say oh no it was really nice they'd say no it was disgusting (laughs) yeah and that bluntness that frankness is something i appreciate yeah yeah the french will probably say something a bit more like long-winded and like a puzzle to work out but yes the long-winded i always have to tell my dad i don't want to know how the watches may just tell me the time yes but american people they're quite more liberal i would say with sex and kind of speaking about it yeah, the whole west is but yeah no my family no no but if you compare the west to um the east around the culture around yeah. sex yes, yes. Yes, bottom line, yes, definitely. But I don't know, when I think of America, I just think of hot girls in, like, the flag bikinis being like, woo, like Playboy bunnies or, you know. Right, that's what everybody thinks of America. My favorite thing is the memes of when people in Europe draw the map of America. And it's just, like, California, Colorado, Texas, Florida, New York, and the middle bit. (laughs) It's my favorite because that's that's what everybody thinks America is. Yeah. But it's definitely not. Every state, every city, every neighborhood is so different. Well, I would say around 
sex and especially if we're looking like at the abortion laws the liberals are liberal and the conservatives are conservative that's how i would describe it like in the uk on social issues we don't agree on a lot with conservative and liberals but there's some core things we can get together and go okay that's objectively wrong like in america i don't feel you necessarily have that with some core things and we're speaking about like sexual attitudes here as well Mm -hmm. i'm gonna only talk about san diego because that's what i know best right so that's all i can speak from but we have liberals and we have the conservatives the liberals live on the coast by the water it's kind of always been that way i don't know why and the conservatives live inland near the desert dry like their vaginas and they drive trucks and they use the american flag as a negative symbol in my opinion because during trump the flag lost its meaning to me what did it mean to you before just to be an american like the values you're taught in school of uh land of the brave and the free yes like we have to stand up yes i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america every morning so i moved about as a kid and my dad in europe had to go my dad and my mom had to go to some schools and find like a place for me and my brother and obviously we speak english at such an early age we don't speak another language and a lot of these schools were like american schools based in uh europe and one of them was one where you'd have to pledge allegiance to the american flag and he said we're not fucking doing that (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not okay well now i want to meet your parents no (laughs) no no (laughs) but yeah the sexual climate of politics i think is something that is not necessarily spoken about it's a lot and like you said you shouldn't have to cringe at the word sex when you say it to someone you should be able to have an open and adult mature conversation about it it's getting better for me but i don't know if it's getting better for anybody else i know in san diego but i think what we're doing is helping other people talk more about sex because our friends tell us all the time like yeah so i was in bed the other day and i just was like using you as like my entryway to talk about sex i just started talking about the square pad in your business and what I learned when we were talking the other day and I was like, great, use me as your lead in to talk about whatever you need to talk about. Because as I always say, talking about intimacy outside of the bedroom is better than talking about intimacy whilst in the bedroom. Because if you're talking about sex while you're having it, it gets heady. But if you're just driving down the highway, blasting some music, reflecting back on the sex you had with your partner that morning, and you're just having a casual conversation about how it was and what you liked and what you didn't like, it's fun. Intimacy, that word, I feel it's so important because everyone can connect with it. Literally everyone. Yes. Intimacy is such a big part of what makes a human in a human experience. You know, some people might be religious, some people might not be, but we're kind of designed on this planet to interact with humans and part of that is having a sexual experience like we literally all have sex we all came from a vagina yep yep and it's important to have those conversations like you said and it's not like a a peer review where you're gonna sit down with your boyfriend and say right look this is your annual review of how you are in the bedroom absolutely not no it's more like I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, no. So I would say Thomas and I, our journey with sex, although he found the bright spots pretty quickly there, we still have great conversations and we still explore different things and we still use different toys. And we still want to, I still have yet to use candle wax in the bedroom. I've been trying to find a good candle that we can light that then becomes the wax. I digress. Also, intimacy is where you discuss your boundaries. Yes. Uh, Yes. Boundaries Boundaries are huge. They are. I mean, like, everyone has different ones, and that's kind of something of why intimacy is so important. And the amounts of times my girlfriends, because the majority of my friends are girls. I have some guy friends as well. But the amounts of times my friends have had sexual experiences with guys and it's not anyone's fault but they've not spoken about the boundaries or no one's thought to say oh is this okay can I touch here can I touch there or they've not said I actually don't like that and I said well in sex why don't you say you don't like it and they said well I'm too shy which is why we created some freebies years ago haven't looked at them in a while but they're very simple freebies. I saw Squaretopia as being very entry level because my audience was my peers. I was literally writing for them and still am. I mean, I think as well, a good part that you do around Squaretopia is you kind of don't do education in a sense of like, here's a book and here's how to have sex. You kind of on your social medias promote a lot of wellness and that culture around consent and that culture around well-being and intimacy and you do a really good job on that yes thank you i've always believed that although we're selling a product the point of the business is creating a more intimate world well i think with any kind of uh sex product that is true you know, I had a woman on the other week who is making a male climax device, and a lot of her products are around selling. Well, it's to steady a climax so they don't ejaculate too early. But a lot of that brand is about education, communication, um, having the conversations, and I think every sex brand needs to have that. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of symbolic of the sex that you should be having. Okay, yeah, I guess that, yeah, the sex that you should be having. That's an interesting way to say it because I don't love the word should. But you should because be having it makes consensual people, sex. Well, yes, you should be having consensual sex, but you, sh- you don't need to be having squirty sex or messy sex, right? If you want to have vanilla sex, whatever terminology is used nowadays, that's totally fine. Have the sex that feels right to you. Yes. Because one thing that... Bottom line. The one thing that might work for you might not work for me. And again, that's where the communication of the intimacy comes in. But I mean, obviously you sell this product and do you get much communication from customers in terms of the sexual activity that's going on on the mats? So, like, do the customers kind of get back to you and say, well, this is what I use it for and it's for squirting or? No, I mean, they leave us reviews. Okay. 
And sometimes they DM us pictures. Well, obviously, as well, in commerce, different things in society trigger different sale points and whatnot. When have you seen, like, a surge in sales for the squirt mats? Oh, yeah, yes. When our reels go viral. Okay. But we're currently shadow banned, so. Well, uh, that happens a lot to people who do that. And I'm just kind of over it. So I just keep talking. Is it on IG or Meta? Yes. How does your shadow ban affect you? Is it more kind of you get more limited likes than what you would see? Yeah, nobody views them. They get zero views. Yeah. I've not been shadow banned yet, but I will try. (laughs) (laughs) A rite of passage. Well, I've started muting out the word sex because it's so volatile on meta. I'm just, I'm literally so over it. Like, I'd rather talk. Who's the creator of meta? Mark Zuckerberg. Sucky Zucky. I'd literally rather talk to Zuck about this issue than try and keep censoring myself because it's getting old i can't keep coming up with different words sex s-e-g-g-s i'm just done what do you think zuck's into in the bedroom i have no fucking clue but he probably needs to change it up a bit i think he's into some spicy stuff well then why is he trying to censor us so much because I don't think Zuck is actually the guy he's like, oh, well, I want to censor anything to do with sex. You're actually allowed to speak on matter about sexual well-being, but you're not mm. allowed to speak about more pornographic content, which is weird because the only fan right, girls... Because I, I, and, and I never post anything pornographic. The most pornographic thing is me in a bra a few days ago. I know, but they would find squirting pornographic. Right. Even though it's just a word that refers to the liquid that comes out of you. But it's interesting. That's female anatomy. A picture of a woman in a bikini obviously gets more likes. The algorithm likes it more. They don't ban that. I don't like that. I don't know how to get around this. I, I don't like posting photos of myself in bikinis. It's not my favorite thing to do. So we work with other women, men trans men trans women gay men gay women we work with anyone who is interested in owning a square pad and talking about messy sex because i like to lift them up and i also don't want to be the one on camera because we said about mark zuckerberg he's probably a freak in the sheets I'm starting to think about these billionaires and what they like in the bedroom. Like if they need a yeah, squat mat. I'd love to know. I'd love to know what any of these billionaires are doing in the bedroom. Well, what do we think Elon Elon must be into some shit? Like he has Definitely. to be. Definitely. I think the way that he names his kids tells me he's into some shit. I feel like Elon's into some kind of anime hentai warrior princess vibe. <laughs> I I could see that, literally, yeah. Literally, <laughs> I don't I don't buy his awkward thing. I think he's actually he he has lots of kids. He knows yeah, what he's well, doing. I mean, we've seen the photos from when he built his first business in a garage, right? And he had his receding hairline. Okay, so we all start from somewhere, and we all learn things. And then Bezos, what do you think Bezos is like in the bedroom? Bad boy. I don't know, but I like his wife. You like uh, she's very like um she's very much what I would expect 
All I know is that she divorced him and she gave a lot of her money to things that matter. And I was like, that's it. Oh, no, I'm speaking about his current wife. Sorry. Oh, his ex-wife. I don't know his current wife. His current wife is like a... She used to be news anchor, I think. Mm, I have not followed up on Jeff or his current wife since the divorce. Or his sexual activities. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no. I think Jeff is just like a turbo Chad. Because obviously he was like this little bookworm back in the 90s. And then obviously he started taking the steroids. He started like trying to be Elon to get his big thick rocket on the moon. And Wait. Yeah. yeah, see, I, I'm literally, I'm not that good at keeping up with pulp sculpture. So Bezos is also trying to get people on the moon? Um, No, maybe, no, I think Elon is Mars. But Elon is Mars. Jeff has a rocket going up and there's maybe a bit of beef around that. I don't, I'm not sure. All I know is that Jeff named his company after trees. And trees are used for books. So it's very ironic in all the wrong ways. Which he likes to destroy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the e-commerce thing went way, one way on the pendulum swing. And the brick and mortar, I think, is kind of swinging back the other way. And we're refining our balance between e-commerce and brick and mortar, in my opinion. Well, when you look at people like that who created very very big companies that you know inherently are not environmentally gonna be sustainable i know you could argue that tesla is sustainable but the batteries obviously aren't very sustainable yeah you kind of have to look at them and go well their business acumen like they've done something right you know they've they've excelled but also like maybe they like went a little too far which I can relate with. But sometimes you don't know you've gone too far. Yes. So when are we going to start having warehouses of squirt pad? Yeah, I don't know. So right now our squirt pads are in a warehouse being shipped out by this random company we found right before we left for my brother's wedding in Turkey. So you have the squirt pad, you start selling it. Do you have stockists? Do you stock it certain areas or is it just on the website? It's only on the website. We were trying... and are trying (laughs) this is where it's complicated because thomas and i are still trying to figure out if it's worth our stress Mm. but our 2023 goal was to finish up our retail packaging get it into stores and open up a flagship in amsterdam yeah but it's hard to do because of the space yes there's no more room for sex shops apparently well I would say the e-commerce is probably better, no? I think we learned our lesson on that one, and we're just going to stick with e-commerce. And the retail package, whenever it happens, we can find some stockets. Stock, stockists. That's a hard word to say. Stockists. Stockists. See, I have to say it with the British accent. Oh, do that more. Because, <laughs> because I don't know what we call it in America. Retailers. Retailers. In America. Yeah, retailers. Yeah. Um, wholesalers. Wholesalers. Yeah. But I think as well, you know, you don't necessarily know where the journey is going to go sometimes. Sometimes you think, oh, I can't see the future. And little do you know down the yes. road, it could be something completely different of, right. 
you might right. start making a different product in like six months it's true it's true because we have a few other products that are on our back burner that have always hung out back there what are you thinking about producing them so we have two ideas next the period pad okay and the squillo elaborate the squillo is a word we made up meaning squirt pillow although squillow is actually a word that has something to do with acapella but we were going to put it in all caps and trademark it so yeah we're looking to make like a wedge pillow with a pillowcase there's some pillows on the market that have waterproof pillowcases however like a waterproof machine washable pillowcase is one thing but if somebody squirts a lot then they're still going to need our middle layer to absorb all of that so the pillow will then be, the foam would then be protected from the same three layers that the squirt pad is made of, but on but a pillowcase. But that's going to take a while. You're creating abundance of waterproof, squirt-proof products. Very yes. niche, but yes. very good. Yes. Well, we will explain at the end of the pod squirt pad where you can buy it, where you can access it. The technical science behind it but for now i just want to jump into a quick round of i'm gonna jump into some bigger questions to ask you if that's okay let's do it medical news today state researchers do not fully understand what causes squirting and whether all women have the ability to do so one study suggests that squirting is prevalent in 10 to 54 percent of women which is quite a jump do all women have the ability to squirt but our education is lacking around there so we won't find out i yeah okay so this is i have read these studies and i also always wonder if all women have the ability to squirt because i think it comes down to so many different things pelvic floor i don't know i'm not a physiotherapist but i have a friend who is one and she swears behind pelvic floor exercises so maybe some women who squirt have a weaker pelvic floor or maybe some people who squirt just drink more water. I drink a lot of water. I'm always thirsty because my mouth is always dry from my anxiety. So I genuinely have no clue, but I would love to find some people who are willing to do more research on this because the studies that are out there where like one they had women drink water that was dyed blue and then wanted to see if the squirt was then blue but like of course it is because squirt comes out of the urethra so it's like yes it's pee but also there's something called the skeins glands which was found found by some dude like everybody's guess is as good as mine well the female orgasm gap is very real yes like a penis is very not to kind of simplify one size does not fit all yeah but like with a penis kind of one size does fit all like it's very easy to work it's external it's on the outside the only thing that's really kind of hard in the science from what i understand is working on the psychology behind orgasming as a man and oh i see what you're saying yes yeah yes yeah like a man can just get in the shower and take like three seconds yeah yeah. of course but with women i think there's such like a deficit in knowledge and there is a real 
gap in the female orgasm um there's a gap in like a women's health like yeah. in testing yes. and clinical trials anyway but of course the orgasm is is gonna fall far under that um before right. we get right. there but right. yeah it's interesting i would be interested to know there's how much just, more yeah right and there's so many awesome women-owned small businesses that have the technology that are studying these things yeah and i want to work with them i want to partner with them i want to collaborate with them because i can't do it all i'm not an engineer i didn't go to school for that i went to school to be a primary school teacher right during this podcast my faith has been restored that there's more amazing women like you and a lot of the ladies i've had on the podcast um and even guys out there you know yeah big up thomas <laughs> who are kind of looking into the sexual industry in terms of commerce but then also female pleasure and male yes. pleasure because you know sexual commerce is already quite a seedy thing but it's yes. interesting because the fruits of the labor i think are going to be benefited probably 10 years down the line um like any change it starts very small but right, because we've been talking about women's women's rights since it takes a long time yeah we just got the right to vote like has it even been 100 years yet 50 years but i think the way to push the sexual paradigm of having more research around sex and clinical studies and trials is having yes. those conversations with intimacy drumming up demand yes. And then yes. asking for what you need in the bedroom to make it better for you. I mean, like right. a big part of your story is finding your current partner now, Thomas. Yeah. I feel so British when I say his name, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, a big part of your story right now is finding, you know, your romantic business partner, Thomas, and having that synergy yeah. with him where, you know, you work together and also you are in, in a relationship, you're married. Yes, and that can get messy. It can, it can definitely. Yeah, working with your partner, talk to any husband and wife or lesbian couple or gay couple, any couple that tries to work together and live together and love together and parent together, they probably could use a vacation. Exactly, but I think it's interesting because what you said before he sounds like the first guy or person who's made you feel very comfortable around yeah. your sex and sexuality so it kind of opened up that layer of comfort but my question to you is it's obvious that it's beneficial to speak about that stuff and it unlocks layers but how would you bring up that conversation with a partner to build trust in a relationship around intimacy how would you bring up just sex like the, your, your own sex life with your partner basically yeah yeah so like if you're having shitty sex like i need the whole i need like a whole like give me a give me a mock couple so let's say that i am someone who I, i've never experienced an orgasm before okay and i want to try more things that might make that happen you know it's trial and error but yes. my boyfriend keeps on doing the same thing to me in the bedroom and i don't have the courage to bring up can we try something different how do i find that courage to say to my boyfriend look i want to unlock some different layers in our sex life well you just did it right there you just said it well, i just go like that yes ah. <laughs> <laughs> but what if he's a sensitive like oh no, no. 
you know. Then I tell him to fuck off. Write him a letter. (laughs) What would your tips be to someone in terms of opening up about having better sex with a partner? Okay, in the past, in the past, I have told people that my favorite vibrator is the Balesa Pebble. Okay. Because it is a clit sucker. So me personally, since the clitoris is how I really like to get off, I enjoy the clit suckers. <laughs> so sometimes if the entryway is a new sex toy, then grab your partner and head to your nearest sex shop and just have a browse and pick something out together. Be more exploratory in terms of yeah. toys and going to different sex yes. shops. Yes, or going to see a live sex show. If you're in the Netherlands, head up a if live you sex happen show. To be in the Netherlands, yeah. yeah. Go and order some squirt pads too. Yeah, I took my best friend on Thomas's birthday. You took him to a live sex show? Mm-hmm. We celebrated his birthday in the Netherlands with my best friend who was visiting. And we all went to a live sex show. For you guys, was it more erotic or just intriguing? We needed to know what it was all about. And I never got, I didn't get to see the climax because the nanny called right at the end. So Thomas and my friend got to see the end and I was on the phone with the nanny. Was it the banana trick? No, it was just a live sex show. And the dancer was trying to get an audience member on stage and the audience member was in the chair and she was dancing on him and it was getting all heated. And he was like, okay. And he was taking off his shirt. And then she tried to like keep it going because it's a live sex show. And he was like, oh, wait, no, I, I can't be the volunteer for that one. So he went and sat back down. And then all the bartenders were like, is anybody going to get up there? <clears throat> the three of us were just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then we all just all sat there looking at each other in the awkward silence. And the bartenders were like, well, if no one's going to fucking do it, then we can't even do it. It's a live sex show, guys. And we're all like, oh, fuck. Now they're mad at us. And then they brought in two professionals, a man and a woman who looked like they probably do porn and they look like maybe they are even dancers and they're just professionals and they put on a great show. Well, I think that just goes to show that if you're a shy person, you'll definitely be exposed to some things in those sex shows. Yes. But that's maybe a good way to kind of unlayer. You know, it's a talking point. You can be like, well... I liked that thing they did on stage, but I wasn't for the other thing. Right. Yes. Yes. Talking points. Reading a book, a sexual book, or reading some Shakespeare. Like, any form of art can influence your own intimacy in the bedroom, in my opinion. And that's so right. Even take the sex out of it. When you can have discussions over things like the books you're reading or the work well maybe don't speak about work so much but whatever you're watching on television what's happening with your friends like if you can have those conversations why wouldn't you have it about your sex life right okay yes so when all the girlies go out to dinner and we all talk graphically yes and in the past girl talk was only for the girlies and the gays and the gays gotta love the gays shout out shout out (laughs) But then the girls would not go home and tell their husband what was discussed. They would leave it at girl talk. But I come home and I talk to Thomas about everything. A few partners I've had, 
the reason why I've not brought it up with them, I think especially when I was younger, is because I thought I was going to be met with like the ugly side of male ego. Because not all male mm. ego is bad, but like, the what ugly were you side. afraid of hearing? I was afraid of hearing that, um, no, you're weird if you want to try that, or is what I'm doing not good enough already? Mm. Yeah. 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 So they're. E- mm. Some people's egos, regardless of gender, literally anybody's ego can be bruised at any time. There's definitely a way to bring it up, but that's what I was scared of. And also some yes. people have an idea of how great they are in the bedroom and it's really not that way, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. You're only great because I've given you the accessory, which is me, to be great. I love that. It's like saying, okay, well, if I give you a Ferrari, you're going to look good when you're driving it. Like, of course, you know. <laughs> yes. If you, if you look, if you drive a Honda, you're going to look like you're driving a Honda, you know. 100%. Come on. I, yes, uh, yes. How would you describe yourself to a car brand? So like, if you're going to put yourself in a league sexually of the car brands... I really don't know that many cars. Can we do like ice cream? Okay, we can do ice cream. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not vanilla. Rainbow sherbet. What? Rainbow sherbet. Rainbow sherbet. Do you remember that one from uh, Thirty One Flavors, Baskin Robbins? No, but I would think if you're putting rainbow, that is very LGBTQ. Well, I don't subscribe to gender. But I am a girl. Okay. JJ. Yes. Yes. JJ all the way way. <laughs> yes. It's very complicated, right? Because you, there is your sex that you're born with. Science. Hashtag science. And then there's the sexual orientation that you grow into that might change. And then there's maybe you like girls now. And maybe you like boys now. And maybe you like trans people now. And it's so fluid. And I'm so tired of talking about anything that's on a spectrum, be it autism, be it LGBTQ. Like the acronym is getting so long. It's, it, we're getting lost in the, we're getting lost. What I understand from what you've just said is when I meet the individual, I'll speak to the individual and ask them who they are or what I, how I should treat them for who they are. Yes, the individual. Yes, one-on-one. And I appreciate you know, my therapist has she, her in her sign off. And I appreciate that. And I have mine in my bio because I think it's helpful because. Well, I'm dyslexic and I could have easily misread Ooh. Michelle as Michael. So. Yes, exactly. I'm also dyslexic. <laughs> and my name is spelled the French way in the boy's name without the E. And the, yeah, I mean. With the sign-offs, that's really interesting. It's a very flammable topic. I don't put them in. A, because Heidi is quite self-explanatory. Yes. But on another thing is like, I don't want you to know my gender. Especially in a job application. I always wondered what it would be like to have, uh, for example, Blake. You know, girls can be called Blake. Boys can be called Blake. What it would be like to have one of those names where your sex isn't really that clear well you'd assume it's a boy but it could be a girl Uh, yeah so when i have worked for companies in the past we would get resumes 
that were usually different names, whether it be a different culture or whatever. And it always made me sad that different names had to change to be more American and that some people have to change their names just to get their resumes seen. Like if they have a certain last name that they don't want to use because it will telegraph that they're from a certain country and so they make up a fake name. It's interesting because some companies ask for no personal data on a CV, no name, no date of birth, no indicator of gender, nothing. The only thing that will give that away is if, for example, let's say you're in India and you've gone to a lot of Indian universities, I might have a hunch, oh, this person might be Indian. Or for example, in the UK, like everything is like an English university or secondary school. But I think that's actually a better way to test it. Like no personal data. I agree. But then again, you have different jobs in society where I think it's important to have a balance of different people from different points of society. For example, in the police, you Mm. can't just have people who look the same way Mm. because people need to see themselves reflected Mm -hmm. into the society. But then again, if I have a brain surgeon who's (laughs) operating on my brain, I want the most qualified, the most qualified on paper, well, on paper, essentially person to do the job, you know, regardless. Yeah. I guess of how it just comes down to the interview for me. Yeah. Every time. Like I don't usually read. I would just skim resumes, cover letters, and then I'd interview and I would know immediately who we would want to hire or not hire at these different jobs I had because it was all based on the interview. Exactly. And it's those social skills as well. Yeah, which Um, I had to teach myself how to have because I'm a very shy. (laughs) You can have someone who performs excellently on paper, but then in person, it's like, who are you? Right. As well, have you had to hire people within Squirtopia before or is it just you and Thomas? No, we've hired a few people here and there. We hired somebody when I was postpartum, uh, two months postpartum. Uh, One of our reels went viral and we were getting inundated with orders. And well we done. needed some help, yeah. <laughs> and we had somebody for a few months. With the layer of it, obviously, having, you know, a, a sexual angle in the business. Yes. How do you test someone's comfort with just speaking about sex? Because if I was to go and have someone represent the podcast, I'd need them to not squirm at the word sex. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's hard. I guess you would have to have an initial phone call. It's so hard because like on here, we all work in the same space. So we don't yes. flinch. But um, when you're bringing on board people who are really good at their job, but they've just never done it in the uh, sex verse, we'll call it. Yes. They sometimes go, ooh, or like, ick, or like, ooh. Yes, like me. Like if I work for a dildo company, I want mm. someone to be comfortable saying like, Right, we need 300 of the XL and then the skinny long ones, we need about 1,200 of those dildos. Right, right. You know. Yes. We're going to take a quick break and when we're back, we're going to play a fun game. I'm excited. See you in a bit. Enjoy the ad. Bye. Oh, sorry guys. Um, I didn't know you were there. For those of you who don't know, which are some of you, I'm a squirter. I squirt, squirt, squirt day and night, sometimes twice in the night and once in the morning and then three times at night and then three times in the morning and then sometimes all day long. But yes, I am a squirter. 
And thank God I have my new squirt pad from Squirtopia. Sometimes when I'm having sex or I'm just having some time to myself, I like to make it a little bit messy, bit naughty, because are you honestly having fun? Unless it's a little bit messy and naughty. Can I have hands up from my splashers, squirters and extremely sloppy BJ folks? (laughs) Sorry, that did not roll off the tongue the way I thought it would. The simple answer to this all are Squirtopia's range of waterproof blankets comfortably designed for squirting, having sex on your period, a towel for the beach and sex so you can do both at the same time, or even using a little bit too much lube, which is a lie as there's no such thing as too much lube. Either way, Squirtopia has you covered and this Valentine's Day, they are launching their limited edition colour, the Ruby Rose, which is in support of all sex workers. If you would like to buy one, use my code BETTERSEX for 10% off. Now, the question you might ask is, why do you need one? Well, unlike a basic towel or mattress cover, the waterproof blanket has three unique materials. The top layer of the squirt pad is soft and wicking, so liquid is able to soak through the middle layer. The middle layer can absorb up to six cups of liquid, six whole cups. The bottom layer is a waterproof protective layer, which makes it super functional, stopping excess liquid from spilling through. And we all know, at least once in our adult life, we will piss the bed. And if you're British, you'll know that's from too much alcohol. It's also completely washable, making it a great sustainable companion to your sex life. Squirt pads, including the Ruby Rose, are available in two separate sizes. Size one is the standard size, which is 50 inches by 50 inches length width. This fits well on a queen size bed, retailing for $99. But if you need a little extra room, the XL, which is 68 inches by 58 inches length to width, It fits nicely on a king size bed and this retails for $129.99. Even if you're not a squirter, that is completely fine too. You can use it as a comfy picnic blanket and even if you want to wear it as a cape during a water fight, balloons or vagina, do that. I'm not here to judge you. But whatever you do, don't continue using your old crusty cum rags and instead use the softer, more comfortable, reusable and eco-friendly squirt pad. It will up your sex game and help you explore more. Again, treat yourself with the love you deserve this Valentine's Day with an extra 10% off all squirt pads. From now, right this minute, up until Valentine's Day, February 14th. Type better sex again into the promo box before checkout. You're welcome. Squirt pad, it's like a welcome mat to your sex life. Now, back to the pod. For anyone who doesn't know, Nutmeg, you can't see the visual, is Michelle's cat. Yes. She's just walked across the screen and shook her ass like a stripper. That's my nutmeg. <laughs> she sounds like a stripper as well. <laughs> She's going back. So we're going to jump into a game and I'm going to ask you four questions and you have to say if it's true or false okay, or if it's right or wrong. Okay. Let's go true or false. Well, you'll see as the questions go along. They're all kind of based with like liquidy, sexy okay. kind of theme. Nutmeg wants to be involved in this one. Let me just put her on my lap. Nutmeg wants to be in the game. <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm gonna jump into question number one. Okay. Um a female orgasm alone can burn between sixty and one hundred calories on average. True or false? True. Yes, it is true. Hell yeah. And obviously the calories burnt during sex is probably more um very squatty. 
squatty squirty squatty sweaty yes sweaty squirty yes yeah you need a squirt pad for that yes if you get really sweaty it also is a helpful lots of lube i love lots of lube michelle has you covered (laughs) (laughs) don't worry if you're sweaty luby michelle has got you yes but probably men are burning more calories i would say in sex i would agree uh, yeah and at least in my life yes the, the more work is done by the man pillow princesses mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> number two the average amount of sperm a man ejaculates in a single session is on average a volume of 500 milliliters oh god milliliters i don't know anything about milliliters i'm gonna say false false it's 3.7 milliliters okay but it can be higher or lower okay this one's a bit more disgusting do 27 percent of single men admit to only washing their sheets every three to four months true no it's not true it's actually 45 (laughs) percent yes men don't wash their sheets it's disgusting (laughs) have you seen of that meme of that woman who goes disgusting (laughs) no no it was one of yours no okay right um 45 but that's almost half of men single Uh, men yeah that does not surprise me because especially bachelors i always felt like i was walking into a frat house i can get on board with it being not on board but i can understand it being 18 to the maybe 25 right but like nearly half like we need to work on laundry guys if you're single and 40 and not washing your sheets then like what the fuck so we get a lot of comments about how the men have to sleep in the wet spot or the men have to be the ones that end up doing the laundry because the women are the women. And so the men are the ones that are most frustrated by the wet spot, ironically. So we actually have a lot of male buyers. Okay, but y'all aren't washing your sheets every three to four months. Well, yeah, we wash our sheets personally more often. But the men who don't enjoy washing their sheets very often think it's easier to just wash a squirt pad than having to wash their sheet but this is why you need a squirt pad so it's easier yes it's easier on people and the washing habits yes and also it's sustainable because you don't want to be putting a towel down each time and throwing it out and in you can just throw this pad into the washer yes reusable like the disposable ones i just think end up in the landfills number four final one the vagina is three to four inches long but can expand by 200 percent when sexually aroused true i'm yes. gonna say true yes <laughs> yeah that thing can change well done michelle you're so educated <laughs> so educated i just can't help myself i'm only educated because of my own body i like watch what it does i feel what it does i tell thomas what it does he watches what it does he listens to how i'm breathing he listens to the noises i'm making he watches the way my body moves and he reacts based on just my movements where do you find a man like that (laughs) (laughs) scout camp (laughs) it's such a hack what you just said you can gather so much information off a woman or a man just by watching how their body reacts to things the language of the body you know the tone people use when they say they like something or they don't like something or they're expressing themselves yeah the way that they 
use their eyes and their ears and their mouth. I've always paid attention because it was you hard doing ASMR for me. right now. It was hard for me to follow a lot of things because I was very shy and and so I just watched people. That's what introverts do, right? We just well, it's called emotional intelligence as well. Yes. If you're someone who is quite shy naturally, then you will depend on watching other people's yes. reactions. My whole life. It, like, is this good enough kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Am I doing okay? Am I doing it right? Please tell me I'm okay. Please tell me I'm doing it right. And then just one day you don't care and you say, I am doing it right. <laughs> yeah. One day you wake up and you're like, fuck it. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to jump into the product itself. Currently on the website, what are you offering? Currently, we're offering just the squirt pad, right? We don't have any of our other products yet. So our squirt pad comes in four colors. We do limited edition colors occasionally when we are working with a special nonprofit or a really cool podcast or a really awesome influencer like there's really no rhyme or reason to when I do the campaigns that I do or why I do them. It's just like, that would be fun. So we're doing the Ruby Rose edition for Valentine's yes. Day. Yes. And why is it red? People were just asking for red. We've been, we, we've been asked for red many times. And it sells around Valentine's Day probably better. Well, yes. So people have been asking for red. We did the Barbie pink during the Barbie movie. Then we did the lavender when I was in France and then we knew the next color was going to be red and we knew that the red light district in Amsterdam was facing lots of issues and we signed the petitions and we went to the protests and we thought the red square pad would be a great campaign to do for sex workers well we thank you for it salute (laughs) (laughs) It's a good investment, right? Because when you buy the squirt pad, A, you're not buying these medical pads if you are like a niche squirter or like a very messy sex person. Yeah, some people do like the disposable ones for travel, which I understand. I'm not going to poo-poo anybody who wants to use a disposable one. Although we have traveled Europe with like a lot of them. Well, it's multifunctional because you could just use it as a beach towel as well yes we used it at the beach which was really great because in france it's a pebble pebbly beaches not a lot of lovely sand so it's a little bit cushiony the square pad because of the three layers the middle layer has a little bit of padding and so it's really nice on the rocks and then people like to use it yeah people like to use it at the park because the grass is always wet at every park everywhere and the bottom layer is waterproof, so no water comes from the bottom. And any water that comes from the top soaks through. Whilst it is used for sexual purposes, I suppose some of your customers have used it just more recreationally as well. Yes, I'm sure people do use it recreationally. So I don't know if anybody posts about it because it's a weird thing to post about, right? It's a intimate product for your house. So we don't expect, it's not like Hydro Flask or Stanley or any of the other water bottles that are out there where people are just camping and taking their photos and the company gets to repost them as content. Do you think the name is sometimes a little bit... Uh, Off-putting or... 
divisive. Yes, but I don't want to change the name. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. Because you know what? People squirt. Yes, they do. Did you start the journey completely off both of your own backs or do you have investors or um so this is the one that gets me emotional okay take your time (laughs) my uncle died a few years ago and he left us me and my brother his money okay so you just use that and then built a product off it that's nice like you could have taken that money for yourself but you decided to create something that's gonna help people yes because he was a really awesome man so just to touch on the commercial growth of the brand you know you've grown on social media on the website you're trying to get it into stores what do you think has really helped you in terms of connecting with other creators or brands who work in the same space as you is it just kind of dming them or just having those conversations or okay since i don't watch porn i never owned a vibrator i never watched porn i never owned a vibrator i never masturbated because in catholic school masturbation is a sin so i never even knew about any of these sex companies until we had the idea for Scortopia. And then Balesa was the first toy I ever bought. And then I bought a few more after that. And the bravery in which other people share themselves about sex, because I had done it many times about other topics, inspired me. Yeah. Other people being open about sex. It's what helps make it all go around. Right. Yes. The sex workers the companies so everyone have more sex and post about it more yes (laughs) give reviews detailed reviews (laughs) or you don't even have to post about it online in your friendship whatsapp groups just share more reviews and messages and yes that would be really helpful yeah because even if the marketing is not out front in the public like even if you're having those conversations with your friends it's more like referral referral yes yeah. word of mouth with it which is how i always give everybody my therapist's number and my therapist has seen a lot of my friends and family because i think she's the best well we're gonna wrap up now so i have the final question yes let's take a deep breath so to someone who doesn't subscribe to making an investment into their sex life. Uh, Maybe they're reluctant, maybe they're shy, or maybe they just don't want to part way with their money. Why is it worth someone investing into a sexual product such Mm. as Squirtopia squirt pads to someone? Why is it worth the investment into your sexual pleasure? Mm. That is a good question. Well, speaking for the squirt pads specifically, it's a good idea to invest in your sexual pleasure because if you're worried about making a mess, whether it's on your bed or on your floor or wherever you choose to make a mess, people feel more comfortable and free to let go when they're on something that's protecting, protective. Protective. It lets them not think about the mess. Yes. 
Uh, so uh, like a condom protection and better sex better sex thank you michelle for joining us on this episode thank you heidi i really appreciate you and everything you have taught me oh my god girl i appreciate everything that you are doing and everything you've taught me you've been in this journey longer than i have (laughs) (laughs) and big thank you for thomas for his help with everything Mm. as well yeah we love thomas and not meg and not if people want to follow your links where can they can find you yes so www.squirtopia.com squirtopia is sometimes hard to spell s-q-u-i-r-t-o-p-i-a um same on instagram twitter twitter i think it might be squirtopia69 but you can find the social links through the different social medias Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Sexnomic, you guys. If you have any thoughts or want to check out the Squirtopia website, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through the social medias. It helps us out more than you realise. And thank you for joining us on this journey. Until next time, we'll see you again. Bye. Bye. And squirt a lot more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>